From the over-the-top studios in Boulder, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. The Boswell Chronicles 2018 Amgen Tour of California. You hit stage five today, Ian. This is going by fast. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, yeah, can't believe that into the last last two days coming up. And are you pleased with the race overall? Yeah, it's, um, I mean, today was a, I guess kind of going back a bit, it's, today was a sprint day and we kind of had put, you know, all of our eggs in, in Marcel Kittle's basket for, uh, for a sprint finish and the team rode fantastically all day. We had, uh, Recto riding the front from the beginning of the stage and the rest of us, you know, keeping Marcel up in good position out of the wind, you know, well-fed, hydrated, um, and just kind of, again, some bad luck. He got a flat tire six six K to go and that, that took him out of the out of the sprint for the finish. Um our other teammate, um, Rick Zobel, then we gave him a chance to sprint and he finished fourth, which is great, but you know, we we came here to, you know, try to try to win some stages with Marcel and, you know, he didn't even get a get a chance to sprint today, so it's a bit unfortunate. So we've got you though tomorrow and Marcel again on Saturday that uh looking to podium. Yeah, I hopefully, um, yeah, tomorrow's the big, I guess the queen stage up in Tahoe. Um, you know, we have myself and, and Matteo Fabro, young Italian climber, um, here. So yeah, we, uh, really got nothing to lose. You know, I think I'm still sitting 19th or 20th overall, so it's not really something to, to defend. Um, you know, so we can, we can race aggressive if we have the legs and, you know, even some of our other bigger riders, you know, they can still, still climb you know, if they're out in front in a breakaway. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a bit disappointing today, just, you know, having put so much in to, to then have a, you know, un- untimely flat at the final, but, um, yeah, we'll keep, keep fighting and yeah, two more days to go. And it, so, I mean, you guys had worked so hard. Tell us a little bit of what it was like out on the course. Um, some strategy that you had where you were really pushing hard, things like that. Yeah, it was a pretty straightforward day. A breakaway of five riders went away right from the beginning. And then um, us, Quickstep, and Mitchelton Scott rode the front with some riders um, just to keep the breakaway in check, you know, because all of us had you know mutual interest in wanting the sprint finish. And, yeah, we knew there was going to be wind, some wind in the final, so there was a little bit of stress coming into 15K to go, and we hit this long stretch of road when it was, when it was crosswind. Um, the peloton didn't split there, but, you know, we're just kind of with the Peloton, you know, kind of zigzagging from left to right. I think Marcel must have just picked up something in the gutter and and got a flat. And, you know, had it been, you know, 5K earlier or even, you know, a kilometer or two earlier, he probably would have been able to, to make it back to the Peloton. But, you know, it just happened at, at a time when, you know, by the time you stop, grab a new wheel, you know, put it in and get going again. The Peloton's, you know, at full speed ahead. So it's hard to hard to come back and, um, but thankfully, you know, Rick kind of salvaged something and finished fourth on the day, which is which is a great result. Um, you know, was, we were really hoping to to get a win, and you know, I feel a bit bad for our teammate, our Swiss teammate Reto, who you know rode the front all day, and and then you know, kind of Marcel wasn't even able to to sprint at the end, anyways. Now, how are you aware that a teammate gets a flat? Are I mean, you're not on radios there, are you? Yeah, yeah, we have radios. So he he called over the radio that he had a rear puncture. Uh, and it was a slow leak, so you know he kept riding for quite a while, 
with you know with relative ease, but he wouldn't have been able to make it to the last turn because right. it was you know going down at a rate that by the time he got to the last kilometer he would have been would have been riding on the rim. So you actually heard from Marcel, not a team director. Yeah, yeah. So Marcel came across the radio, and then you obviously saw him drifting back. And um, there's actually a big crash, maybe five k to go. Um, and you know, it's funny how things work out. And thankfully, I was at the back of the pack, kind of waiting for Marcel to maybe come back. Uh, maybe it was at four k to go to crash, and you know, I kind of drifted to the back to to look for Marcel to see when he was going to come back. And yeah, a big crash happened, and thankfully, I was able to to avoid the crash because I was, you know at the back of the bunch looking for Marcel to come back. How long does it take for you to really develop a rapport with your teammates and, and get the feel of where each other is? And I mean, you were with Sky for five years and now with a new team for just a few months. Yeah, I mean, it's every team kind of rides in a different way and depends on obviously which riders you have at that race and how you, how you race, um, what your goals are. But you know, we, we seem to be gelling pretty well here. Um, you know, we have a couple of key lead out men from Marcel with Rick Zobel and Niels Pollitt and Nathan Haas. Um, we're kind of his final guys to, you know, to navigate him through the final four or five kilometers. Um, you know, my job just kind of today was more keeping them sheltered throughout the stage. You know, if we're riding in, the, in a single file line and the wind's coming a bit from the left, then, you know, go out a bit just to, to give them a little bit of shelter. So it's not terribly expending a ton of energy, but, you know, just making sure that those guys, you know, save as much for the final kilometers as possible. How has feeding changed for you uh, with the change to Katusha Alpeson? Um, Not really. You know, it's the feed zones are always in the same spot for the team. Um, Post-race meals are relatively, you know, pretty similar um, we have different nutrition sponsor over Svensson, a belgian nutrition company um so the gels and bars are different but we still the staff still prepare rice cakes and paninis and you know it's pretty yeah pretty common across all teams um i still sometimes trade with other riders in the peloton if i if there's something i'm really after i went and traded something with gavin Mannion today just uh, just to have something different to try and how about when you're not in a feed zone, if you want to just pick up some uh, food or hydration from a team vehicle? Yeah, it's the same. I uh, went back to get bottles once today, so you just drop back to the to the back of the Peloton, put your hand up, and then the team car comes up, passes you some bottles, and you you know stuff them up your jersey and down your jersey and in your pockets and wherever you can fit them, and then um, bring them back up to the up to the guys. And I think maybe Nathan Haas went and got bottles once today and Neil. So we kind of share the load amongst us. And you know, usually if you have to stop for a nature break or something, as you're coming back through the cars, you can grab a couple bottles. Um, but no, you know, today was a relatively straightforward day. So it wasn't, it was never too difficult to, to go back and get water for the guys. Now what's the team strategy for tomorrow? Um, we haven't had a meeting yet, but I think, you know, for myself, um, probably wait till the later climbs, but for Fabro and the rest of the team, probably try to put some one or a couple guys up the road and in the early breakaway. Um, it's pretty much climbing for the first 80 miles or something. Um, so it's a lot of, a lot of uphill, but you know, I think we, we just got to go out there and kind of race without, without any long-term, you know, goals for, 
for tomorrow without looking at the GC or, you know, saving ourselves for Sunday. I think we can, you know, kind of just go out and treat it as almost a one day race. And today you didn't have a transfer. You were actually re- able to ride to your hotel. Um, is there a transfer in the morning or are you going to be pretty well rested and, and just start, uh, from where you are now? Yeah. So we got back to the hotel at four thirty, which is the earliest. I think we've gotten back to the hotel since stage one. Um, and I actually don't know where we start tomorrow. We maybe start in Folsom and we're down in Elk Grove now. So yeah, maybe we have a 45 minute or hour, hour transfer in the morning, uh, which isn't too bad, but I think it's going to be a long transfer after the race tomorrow from, from South Lake Tahoe back to, back to Elk Grove and a long stage as well. We have, it's 200 kilometers and 5,000 meters of climbing. So it's going to be a big day. I was going to say that is a long drive. I hope you're able to get some good rest afterward. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully all my spot in the uh, RV is secure and I can take a little nap. <laughs> well, Ian, thanks very much for joining us after stage five today. Look forward to chatting with you tomorrow. Great. Thanks, George. The Boswell Chronicles on Over the Top Radio. From Boulder, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. ACAST powers some of the world's best podcasts. Here's a show we recommend. I'm Meredith Masony. And I'm Tiffany Jenkins. We're the hosts of Take It or Leave It, a podcast where we discuss all things marriage, motherhood, and everything in between. Join us every week where we sit down and talk about parenting, even though we don't really know what we're talking about. We have guests, we take your calls, and we get weird. Tiffany and I are just like you. We are two struggling moms who have no idea what we're doing. Join us on Take It or Leave It, an advice-ish podcast for parents. ACAST, A-cast, 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 A-cast recommends. recommends.